Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week, I'll be traveling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this for a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. So episode 23, I speak with Laura Chepner. Uh, Laura is the founder of Primary Vegucation, uh, the author of Vegucated, uh, is an incredible uh, public speaker and activist uh, in this space of um, inclusivity in education uh, and indeed businesses. Um, and inclusivity for, at, at the moment, I suppose our primary focus is is primary school children and um, uh, making sure that they have an inclusive start to their kind of educational life, supporting their parents and supporting their teachers to to create that more inclusive environment. So without further ado, here's a conversation between me and Laura Chepner. So um, let's get started then, Laura, with a little bit of a, a question to you. How, how you got into veganism? What led you into this this particular world? So um, I had just given birth to my daughter at the time and I was weaning her from breast milk to solids. And I was vegetarian at the time. I'd been vegetarian since being 11. And um, I just kept Googling, you know, what's the optimum vegetarian diet? Wanted her to be healthy. And the more and more I kept typing in healthy diet, healthy diet, the more and more it just kept coming up with all this vegan stuff. Um, And I'm not entirely sure where I saw it or what compelled me to watch uh, Gary Yorofsky's best speech you'll ever hear. Um, but I sat and watched it and and I pretty much knew halfway through that, oh, I guess I'm vegan now. Um, and that was it. I haven't looked back since. That was like my daughter's six now. So uh, a few years ago. And so was there a, was the kind of vegetarianism to begin with kind of an animal welfare thing or was that a health, health driven thing at the time as well? Yeah, it was purely animals. Um, I remember being younger around about the age of 11 and uh, my grandma asked me if I wanted a tongue sandwich. I was like, grandma, why is your sandwich called tongue? She explained and that was it there and then I was just, I'm having none of that. Um, and it was it was just it was awful, really, the realization um, that animals were killed for food, and I just couldn't get my head around it, and that was it. So, um, didn't know what vegan was, or that even veganism existed as a concept back then. So, just did my part by being vegetarian. And what sort of kind of attitudes did you come up against when you? sort of said you were going to bring up your your daughter vegan and that you were going to um you know kind of adapt that that lifestyle to a kind of a family life um so i was quite lucky in one respect that my um my immediate family my mum my brother their families all kind of went vegan at around the same time so they were fully supportive and on the journey with me um my husband's family uh 
it was just new to them. Um, they weren't necessarily concerned. They were more just questioning how is this going to impact and how are we going to do this and what is this? And so even all these years later, I still find myself talking to them about why we do things. Um, but but they're getting better at it. And um, I, I think the people around me where I live, um, I live in quite a nice hilly area, um, out in uh, in Ramsbottom in Greater Manchester, and and so there's quite a few people out here who are already vegetarian and 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 of that mindset. You know, they love the environment and things. So I think I've been quite lucky, actually. Um, that 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 you know, the idea of raising a vegan child in my world where I live hasn't been hasn't been necessarily uh, frowned upon or or sneered. Um, since starting vegetation, um, I've had the odd thing here and there from you know people comments on um, newspaper articles I've done and whatnot. But but yeah, it's it's I think I'm in a little bit of a bubble up here really where it feels accepted and normal. Thankfully, yeah, well that that's good news definitely. <laughs> um, was was that kind of always the case through like you know nursery etc. Where did where did the kind of initial um, kind of like seed of inspiration if you like for education kind of come from so um it was it came down to um i'm i'm a fully qualified teacher myself and when i became vegan i actually left the profession because i just found that my ethics um were really clashing with the you know the subjects that i was teaching and um I kind of just put that to the back of my mind and thought teaching's not for me anymore. Um, and then I opened a vegan restaurant because obviously becoming vegan, it was like, how can I spread this message? How can I make other people vegan and teach them? And so I had the restaurant for a, a few years, um, which was great. But then it was actually when my daughter started school on her very, very first day. Um, she'd been to nursery and they catered vegan for her quite well. Uh, didn't really have an issue after you know, the initial conversations we had with them. Um, but something in the back of my mind was just like, when I dropped her off, what if they don't have lunch for her? Like, we've told them that she's vegan and I feel she should be catered for because, like, you know, I live in this bubble, as I've said, where it's accepted. And um, But something just niggling in the back of my mind was like, go and speak to the office. So I went round to the office. Um, Hi, you don't know me, but I've just dropped off my daughter. She's vegan. Oh, and it was like, boom, bubble burst. Um, come and speak to the chef. And they just flat out told me, basically, uh, we haven't got anything for her because it's not a religious belief or anything that should be deemed important. Um, it's a lifestyle choice. And so that was me in our local supermarket, just crying my eyes out, like half an hour later, just trying to gather a packed lunch for her uh, so that she could eat. And it just, it just sat with me for the next week or so as I was making her sandwiches and packed lunches, like, this is not right. This is just not right. Um, and I think having been a teacher before and knowing about inclusion and how every child matters, um, just something within me just thought, I need to do something about this. Um, and so that's pretty much where Vegucated started. So I, um, I spoke to the council, my MP, I made a huge noise. 
um, about the fact that I thought that this was really, really bad form. Um, and eventually a meal, a menu uh, plan was implemented. So she now has a rolling menu, a vegan menu in her school that that it, it replicates what the other children are eating so she doesn't feel left out. But the best part about that was the um, this menu is now available borough-wide. So any child who is vegan in Bury, where, where we live, who wants a vegan menu can 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 ask for one and that really 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 is rare it, I, there's nowhere else in the country really that has that or had that especially when I when I was you know fighting for my own daughter so it was kind of groundbreaking and we were in loads of newspapers and I just thought you know what perhaps selling the restaurant was a really good idea and the fact that I have a background in education and I'm passionate about inclusion and veganism kind of married it all together and and now I help other parents in a similar situation to me incredible story there and like groundbreaking in terms of getting the uh, the whole borough kind of to have this option this inclusivity um if you like which is yeah like an incredible piece of work um did you you kind of come up against quite a bit of resistance like when you when you started to kind of make that noise within the community it's quite funny um, where where I thought I would I actually went into the very first meeting with um, the head of school food services here and I actually said something along the lines of right let's do this or let's battle or or something along those lines and because um, I was expecting real real resistance but in actual fact I I was one of I'm lucky because because they, they sat down with me and I think I was able to convey to them the importance of having vegan inclusion in the school. And they wanted to work with me to fix it. Um, the head teacher at the school as well was also asking me lots of questions about, you know, what could the teacher do in the class? And we formed a really good relationship. Now, um, so it was more kind of how are we going to do this? How are we going to work together as opposed to resistance? But having said that, I coach and I work with tons of parents around the country who do come up against the resistance that you're referring to. So I think my Borough Berry are quite progressive and forward thinking. Um, and so it enabled me to to help them create this. But um, I, there are, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. There are tons and tons and tons of parents out there who, who have not got supportive councils. Um, and so we have to write quite severe and strong letters telling them that they're breaking the Human Rights Act. Um, I have to write letters to other schools who don't have their food provided by the council, but by outside agencies. And they just laugh at the thought and they kind of say things like, well, you know, they've got baguette with salad and that's apparently enough. And 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 so so it the, so the resistance up and down the country is there and, and it's just not consistent in any way, shape or form because it varies from one borough to the next. So one mother in Suffolk could have a really good experience. Um, and yet another father somewhere in the Midlands could could have the complete opposite. It, it, 
it's just there's no consistency up and down the country with who provides the food and there is no legislation backing up to say that there should be vegan options which is the biggest problem and something else that I'm working on also okay so like forgive my complete naivety with with some of my questions but 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 firstly, so that kind of really surprises me. I've got, I've got a little boy, but he's he's 21 months old. So we're sort of thinking about schooling. And to, similar to you, actually, like at the beginning of your journey there, no problem with nursery su- thus far. Well, I say no problem, like <laughs> low le- low level type problem. Yeah, you know, the kind of like, um, I think I talked about it in an episode of uh, the podcast uh, with with a fellow kind of father of a ch- of a, of his little girl who's a similar age. And we were talking about, you know, things like getting a call from the nursery, like where they say, uh, we're dipping strawberries in chocolate. Are you, <laughs> are you kind of okay with that? <laughs> and we sort of have a conversation with the nursery about like, well, could you just use some vegan chocolate and then everyone can do it and that kind of stuff. And, but generally, not not huge resistance at all. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued as to this point. So there's there is no, as it currently stands, no kind of um, legislation that that sort of insists a level of nutrition, whether a child is omnivorous or vegan or whatever, across the country. There's no kind of like stipulation that that schools adhere to anything like that. There is, but for omnivorous children and vegetarian children. So there is so it's so the veganism being implemented into what is so the menus that basically exist that are council approved up and down the country at the moment don't have vegan options in them. Um, that it's just it just isn't there, and that is the problem. So there are guidelines for nutrition um, for the children who are omnivorous and the vegetarians are very lucky that they get mentioned but um but yeah it's it's completely just not there and so when I've had um parents talk to me about you know this school just wants my child to eat dry baguette and salad but there's there's hardly any protein in the salad um then I have to actually write to the schools with the parents and just say, listen, there is no protein in this meal. Um, And, you know, some are reluctant initially, but then eventually we help them by providing, you know, menus that that I've seen from other boroughs and towns and whatnot, and we get there eventually. Um, There have been a couple of cases where I've needed to ask for legal advice because schools really, really have been adamant that they just don't want to change and that a salad bar is good enough. Um, So really, we have a long, 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 long way to go. Um, And there needs to be a lot of work done in order to get uh, the vegan diet included in what is statutory and uh, and what our children are eating in schools i mean everybody knows that plant-based options well i say everybody i do apologize <laughs> most of your listeners i'm assuming are vegan but um but we know you know that it's easy enough to make plant-based options and and different um you know fake meats etc um so th- and my my daughter's school have proven that it can be done so there is no real reason for saying no other than a school or a school food service or a council just genuinely just doesn't want to change and be inclusive and when you think about education and how inclusive it should be that's just bonkers to me 
certainly is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a have a uh, a perception, perhaps, just from conversations I've had with kind of um, omnivorous kind of friends, family, and and beyond, um, that one of the biggest objections is or, or perceived per- objections is cost, and and I th- and I think about things I've kind of heard in the the media about um, budgets that schools have to work to, et cetera. And I think back to Jamie Oliver campaigning around school meals and so on and so forth, um, and cost was always a subject. Is that something that you often get kind of um, raised with you as a potential objection? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, initially, from my own experience, when my daughter was first granted the um the meals, um, they had to be made in a different building and then brought on site. This was before they um, got their head around it and and the menu was fully implemented. And so there is a lot of cost, uh, additional cost in that happening. But, you know, as with anything, if it's done properly and it's done in bulk, then you end up saving... um, Um, And that's basically just what we say, you know, you have to do your costings properly and perhaps you skip the vegetarian meal and just have it plant-based and that way you're covering more pupils. Um, There's always ways and means around it, but I think it is a really big misconception that plant-based food is expensive in the main anyway. Um, So it it really is a go-to excuse but it really, it really, you know, without having, without having done the research and them actually really cost it up, um, it's, it's, it really is just an excuse more than a fact um, when we initially start talking about it, unfortunately. And, and I guess there's, you know, my my uh, my experience just as a kind of consumer uh, with a with a little one who's not gone to to school yet but is is generally speaking you know if you eat whole food plant-based you cook from scratch generally speaking that's that's probably cheaper well it actually is cheaper uh, it's only when you start introducing a whole ton of you know meat substitutes and so on and so forth that uh, you know cheeses etc that you can get pricey but even then there's options right Absolutely, 100%. And one of the, um, another part of education, which um, takes up a lot of my time as well, is that I um, host staff meetings where I teach the teachers how to be vegan inclusive in what they're doing in classrooms. And one of the things that I touch upon is when they are baking or cooking with the children. You know, it's so much easier if you guys just did the vegan version for everybody in that same respect, because, you know, you're not buying two separate lots of, let's say they're making a bolognese, you're not buying two separate lots of beef and an alternative, you're not buying two lots of cheese and an alternative, you know, I explained to them that if you're vegan inclusive and you do everything kind of to the best of your ability to be vegan then then you're saving time money energy and effort and the kids don't know any better because it's still delicious um so i do i do i do let the teachers know that i'm aware obviously of costings and the fact that they're busy people and that i just want everything to be easy for everybody um but they can't forget that the core fundamental part of what is being a teacher also is inclusivity um so yeah you know I, I try and keep costing out of it with them all and I try and bring them back and focus on you know 
these children look at the world through very different eyes to the majority and you have to appreciate and understand that and differentiate for that and take it into account because they are brilliant, compassionate, awesome children who deserve the time and effort and the money. Um, but I, I, I try and keep, keep costings out of it and bring it back more to the kind of are you being as inclusive as possible in your practice for these children who are in your care. Sure. Absolutely. You can't, can't really argue with that message. Um, and like you say, I'm sure some of them do. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be good to sort of like almost sort of um, rewind or zoom out into kind of like, so if you were kind of to describe Vegucated to... Um, to someone who'd never heard of it, what what would what would it kind of um, what would that description include? Um, the business or the book? Uh, let's start with the business, and it'd be good to come on to the book. So I am a so primary vegucated is is just me, um, and I'm a teacher um, and was a special needs coordinator as well. So I draw on both of those experiences, and what I do is. I um, go into schools and I speak to the staff about basically some of the things that you say and do might not necessarily be suitable for the vegan child in your class. So, for example, if you're teaching about the zoo or the circus or the aquarium, then the vegan child in your class may be very uncomfortable with that. But what I do is instead of just saying, don't do this, I provide alternatives. So instead of them teaching about unnatural habitats, I provide them with exciting lesson plans so that they can switch and teach about a natural habitat instead. So that's just one example of how I help. I also speak to them about kind of the language that they use in class, certain phrases that they might use, like flog a dead horse or more than one way to skin a cat, just certain little things. I just get them to just think, you know, do you think that those sayings are appropriate uh, for vegan children or are they even appropriate for non-vegan children you know when you're singing songs and nursery rhymes such as three blind mice you know they carve off tails with carving knives and and I just kind of get them to think about the language and the nursery rhymes and you know is it suitable what what you're you know presenting to the children you know I talk to them about animals who live in farms and how they should be referred to as animals not farm animals and just get them to think a little bit about you know the curriculum asks in for example reception um when they're about four years old it asks them to simply understand and observe animals well that doesn't necessarily mean you have to teach about the farm you can do that in any which way you can and what i do is i provide hints and tips in order for teachers to just realise that they are, um, well, they are basically talking about animals in a way that promotes their use and abuse. It's almost, um, I wrote a piece recently for Oxford University and it was called um, um, The Subtle Indoctrination of 
use and abuse, you know, it's in, within schools that, that we give to children by singing these rhymes and teaching about the farm and the aquarium. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just little, you know, every now and then they'll, they'll be talking about using animals in this way or that way. And so it's no wonder that people grow up um, and, and they do eat and use and abuse animals because they've had this subtle indoctrination and that it's OK from being a really, really young age in school when they're singing about Barbar black sheep and little piggies going to market. And, and I, I just keep with them, with the teachers, I keep it more light and breezy. And these are all recommendations. You can do it if you want. You know, you choose how inclusive you would like to be with these children and... And I just show them the world through the vegan's child's eyes. You know, I just say these are the main four reasons why a child might become vegan, whether it's the animals, the environment, health or compassion. And, and so really we have, we have just a really kind of interesting conversation about why these children are vegan, what you can do to be more inclusive in your practice for these children. And then I also go on to talk about the effects that it will have on the wider ethos of the school and the wider community around the school if these children and you as educators are thinking more about the world around you. Um, and so that, in a nutshell, are kind of the staff meetings that I hold. Um, I also can go into classrooms and have done to read stories, uh, stories like Vivi the Super Vegan and others, um, so that children can learn more about their vegan peers. And um, so that, alongside the work that I do coaching parents, is pretty much educated in a nutshell. A long-winded nutshell, but there it is. <laughs> no, but very, very cool and, and, and absolutely needed. Because um, like you say, it's it's so intrinsic to kind of the very fabric of society that we talk about kind of animals in this way. Um, that um, unpicking it almost feels well it almost feels impossible and and i think it's it's um incredible that you're taking it on at that level at that fundamental kind of educational level um as we kind of you know forge the next generation if you like on on that note when you're you're talking about these these aspects that are so intrinsic you know the the kind of uh, the general perception that animals are, you know, for our use, whether it be, you know, leather or eggs or, you know, the, the, the associations that you see in children's books, etc. How how difficult a sell is it for, uh, for teachers, schools, and maybe even, you know, what contact, if any, do you have with kind of the non-vegan parents? Is there any pushback from, well, that may be your way of life, but that's not how we view the world? Oh, yeah. So um, just recently, um, a wonderful, wonderful mum who lives down south asked me if I'd come and visit her school. And it, as I was driving through, I, I just knew that this was a farming community. I was passing field after field after field of animals. And as I pulled into the school, this tiny little village school, um, the mum actually met me at the door to wish me good luck. And um, and she said, just to let you know, most of these women have husbands who are farmers. And I was just thinking, OK, <laughs> thanks for that, mate, sending me right into the lion's, pit, lion's den there. But... Um, 
But so I went in and yes, they didn't really know what to expect. And a couple of them wouldn't even look me in the eyes as I entered the room. And there was an uncomfortable moment during uh, my presentation where one of the teachers actually said to me, so do you believe that my child isn't compassionate then because they eat meat? It was kind of, that's how it kind of started. That's how it started. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that you can't argue with the truth. And I've, I've got a lot of experience. I've been a teacher, um, a business owner of being diplomatic and speaking to lots of people on different levels and having respect during my debate conversations, etc. And I think... I I genuinely believe that what I'm saying has no counter argument. I think I think there is no counter argument to veganism. And so I I use every bit of respectful um debate and 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 facts and and the power of the vegan community and, and 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 I take it with me and I stay strong and I stay true and I and and I eventually you know at the end of this staff meeting had my hand you know she shook my hand and said I'm really sorry I was frosty with you at the start I think that was a really great presentation you've given me food for thought and 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 I hope you don't mind if I get in touch and, you know, get some hints and tips off you in the future. I think that was really great. And it's because, it's just because, you know, when someone asks me, do you think my child is not compassionate? I just say, look, we're all people. We're all human. We all look at the world through very different eyes. And I'm not telling you your way is right or my way is wrong or vice versa. All I'm asking you to do is take these facts look at the world through the vegan child's eyes because that's why I'm here for that vegan child they are the center of this and you know just just you know accept that perhaps you know it you know perhaps just the vegan child cannot put to the back of their mind the death of the animal as easily perhaps as your child that's the only difference you know, and, and we, we spoke on that level, honest, true, open. And she came around and, and she realised that, you know, yes, what I was saying was important and that the vegan child's perspective needed to be taken into account, that I didn't think her child didn't have compassion. But I genuinely, genuinely feel as though seeds were planted with those teachers and in every classroom and staff room I attend, seeds are planted. I think that's why I very, very, I start my presentation every time with the reasons why a child would be vegan. You know, one of those reasons. And it's because, you know, I'm planting the seeds. You know, if you're going to if you're going to hear these facts about the animals, the environment, our health and compassion and then go on to argue with me, then it kind of, you know, it's 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 I don't know what it says more about that person than it does me, I suppose, because, you know, those reasons are huge and valid and I think everybody should really take time out to learn more about them. Um, and that's all I recommend that they do. 
I love that as a as an example to anybody as a, a sticking by the courage of your conviction whilst uh, maintaining kind of respectful discussion and debate. I think that's kind of um, a great guide to activism for for anyone really. So more power to you for that for that kind of conversation. I, I love love to hear that. It'd be great to kind of hear about you know obviously you've had this huge success in in uh, your your borough when you were kind of going through the kind of initial um, seeds of forming the business, if you like. What kind of successes have you seen? Um, sort of since you've you've kind of um, taken the project on and and, and made it a, a, a thriving business. Um, so I'd, I'd like to point as well when you say thriving, um, it's completely non-profit. I don't charge. I do it all for free. Um, so um, I don't know if it's thriving as such because I am spread very thinly because I do travel up and down the country. Um, But yeah, I think the best thing in the world is just to receive emails from parents just saying, thank you, look at this menu we've now got. Or, um, you know, uh, there was a young girl who I met at the UK Vegan Camp Out. um, She wanted to do a presentation at her school, so I made a PowerPoint for her. Um, And just... And her mom being super grateful and just, I think there's a lot of, there's, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of projects where we um, were, you know, forming an alliance of people who are going to, you know, speak to these boroughs nationwide. And I've done some volunteer work for ProVeg and um, lots of little projects happening where I'm hoping to have more of an influence um, and, but it is it really is just you know up just getting all these getting all these thank yous email thank yous um because i've i've provided the parents with resources um letter templates um gone into their schools or spoken to their head teachers and and i think you know at the moment you know just each little victory one by one by one as i go along is just making it all worthwhile to be honest um but yeah, like I said before, with regards to the legislation, there is a heck of a lot more that needs to be done. Um, and so I intend on doing it, I guess. <laughs> getting getting the law changed, I suppose. Or, or at least, you know, I, I met some awesome people recently who want to get veganism into the curriculum. Um, the humanists, um recently just got a seat at the table with regards to um teaching about humanism in primary schools um they had to go through jump through loads of hoops with the religious education committees who okayed that um and they got in based on the fact that they're a philosophical belief so as soon as we won our court case just recently i was like hello we're a philosophical belief we should have a seat at the table um and so there's work in the background going on uh, kind of trying to get that together um but yeah for now just each parent that says thank you and each child that gets acknowledged included or a meal presented to them it's it's just it's just brilliant makes it all worthwhile yeah absolutely i'd love to hear a bit about the the book um, and congratulations on it, by the way. Tell us a little bit about how it kind of um, how it came about, and and kind of what we can find uh, if we pick up a copy. 
Cool. So, um, one of the things that just before I started education, uh, primary education that I said to myself was like, who is teaching the teachers about veganism? Who's teaching them? And that's kind of that's kind of the mantra that I've had this whole way through. You know, the teachers need to know. And it just suddenly dawned on me a couple of years ago that um, when I was the special needs coordinator at the school where I worked for most of my teaching career, um, I used to read textbook after textbook after textbook. Um, and I remember being sat in a staff room um, staff meeting and we had some we'd arranged for some outside agencies to come in and do some training based on children in our school who had uh, visual impairments. And I can remember wearing, we had to wear kind of these blurred goggles over our eyes. Um, they were blurred to various degrees so that we could literally see the world through these children's eyes and so that we could plan accordingly, knowing what they could or couldn't access on whiteboards and when they were reading, etc. And it suddenly dawned on me that, um, you know, I should write a book and I should start doing that work similarly because if I want other teachers to look at the world through the vegan child's eyes, then then I need to teach them and and I can't visit every single school up and down the country as much as I'd like to. And then there's the world, uh, you know, because veganism, wherever you are, um, you know, it, it applies to the same children, the same reasons. And so I just thought the best possible way to get a wider audience was to basically write a guidebook. So it's a it's a very snazzy title. Um, it's literally called "Veducated: um, An Educator's Guide for Vegan Inclusive Teaching." So it says exactly what it says on the tin. Um, it basically, if you are a teacher who knows literally nothing, or even just a little bit about veganism. Um, and you have a vegan child in your class and you want to know a bit more about it, then you would read this book. Um, and and it very much is, you know, it encompasses the explanations that I've given you thus far um, in so much as the first chapter is um, why a vegan child or vegan family have chosen you know possibly why they why they are vegan so it covers animals the environment um health and compassion um and then it goes on to um so that's kind of like you know the why you should be vegan inclusive then it goes on in chapter two to i provide loads and loads of lesson plans and hints and tips um, and also information about cooking and materials and language use and all those kind of things. Um, and then I end the final chapter on basically, you know, if you become vegan inclusive and more compassionate and you and you do take on the things that, that I've explained in, in the second chapter, then, you know, there will be lasting compassion and happiness and wonderfulness all around the school and in the wider community and and you know it's really worth doing and and I end by saying you know perhaps after reading this guidebook the reason why you became a teacher will you know perhaps change forever because I've highlighted in the first chapter just the desperate situation that we as 
the humanity and the animals and the planet and the, the, just the desperate, desperate, desperate mess that we are in. And, and you know, by just simple tweaks to your practice on a daily basis, you know, becoming vegan inclusive, whilst you've perhaps got just one child in your class, will put you in good stead for when you have many, many, many vegan children in your class in the future. Um, and so I end on that positive note. Um, and it really is, you know, just a straight to the point, no nonsense guidebook for teachers who want to be vegan inclusive. Sounds, sounds invaluable. And, and on, on that point, actually, that you raised there about the kind of um, the pressing need the growth in, in, in veganism and hopefully continued growth and hopefully at a pace that is required in order to tackle some of those those um, fundamental kind of problems that we are facing as a, as a sort of, as humanity, if you like. Um, are, you, are you seeing kind of, um, I, I, guess, I guess you are, but are you seeing kind of more schools, uh, teachers, parents, kind of um, almost reaching out, like uh, needing this kind of support? Um, yeah, more more parents than schools. Um, I mean, a lot of places still don't know I exist. A lot of vegan people still don't know I exist. You know, I, I'm, I, I consider myself a valuable resource, um, just, you know, simply going off the feedback from the schools that I have visited. Um I just, I mean, the more they, I think word of mouth at the moment is just kind of um, what's leading me to schools. I think as one parent has a really positive experience, then they're more likely to share it on social media um, and tag me. And um, I've seen primary education get banded about a little bit here and there on social media you know um vegan parents vegan mothers network kind of groups and whatnot um and i'm so i'm happy for anyone to reach out to me but um i'm actually going through a little bit of a rebrand at the moment because um what i realized after reading the book was that it's not just schools who require vegan inclusion, but also businesses, um, because the fundamental ways that you can be vegan inclusive, you know, things like having soya milk in the fridge and watching your language and ensuring that there is food and those kind of things, um, they're not exclusive to primary schools. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I, I'm kind of marrying in my business acumen from having the restaurant to kind of thinking, well, you know, there are vegans in the workplace all around the world who also are being discriminated against. Um, and perhaps, you know, I can help them as well. Um, I heard an awful story recently about um, a, a couple of parents who wanted to foster and were declined because of the fact they were vegan. And I just think if I could go in as a force to kind of back them and say, you're breaking the Human Rights Act and you're discriminating and, and I can throw my weight behind that kind of um, that kind of situation as well, then, um, you know, then I'm just helping more vegans, basically. And so, so yeah, so... Um, at this point, if anybody reaches out with their, you know, their 
situation if it's if it's dire if they feel they've been discriminated against then using my network of of friends and lawyers or whoever else I'm hoping that we can actually make some real difference and real noise across every sector um so that's the plan going forward um so I do encourage anyone to reach out if uh if they feel that they can either help me or I can help them to um to make this thing grow, basically, and get vegan inclusion at the forefront of policy making and decision making and, um, you know, worker handbooks and all sorts up and down the country, as well as on the curriculum. I think you're absolutely right. Is it much needed, not just across education, you know, I think about experiences in workplaces and workplaces that generally speaking are pretty inclusive and progressive that I've been lucky enough to be associated with um, until it comes to um, someone's sort of lifestyle choice around veganism. And and um, and then it's sort of, I've, I've found it kind of fascinating and quite shocking almost how... Um, uh, excluding um, some of the the kind of practices that I, that I've seen are so I think any any advice for 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 businesses in that space would be absolutely uh, hopefully welcomed um, and if not welcomed absolutely needed so uh, again, yeah again more more power to you and and I think a, a bit like the conversation with um, with nurseries in a way I think businesses have you know started to see uh, rightly or wrongly and i guess it's 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 good from the end product that ultimately inclusivity is um is profitable you know you know it, you know it, it, you get a, a happier healthier more productive workforce when when it is inclusive and diverse and i think as businesses realize that there is commercial benefit to it i i, I do hope that they understand that veganism is part of that um <laughs> uh, for your sake as much as as much as the whole community but yeah absolutely um and one sort of um kind of a final a big question i ask ask a lot of people this but how, how kind of confident optimistic do you feel about us kind of reaching our our kind of end ambition if you like of a of a vegan world and i and i appreciate when i say world i probably mean uh, you know our our bubble in the in the west and in in britain and um etc um oh yes we'll get there we will 100%. I am, I am so, 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 yeah, so optimistic because I see vegan children all over the place now and, and they are just so determined. Um, and, you know, when you watch Simon Amstel's uh, film where, where they, look, they look back on, can you believe animals ate me? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm just like, yes, that is what it's going to be like. You know, when you think about all the atrocities that have happened in the past and now we look back on them and think, how could they? Like, I genuinely, genuinely believe that that is going to happen. Um, I, uh, I remember when I opened my restaurant, um, I said to my husband at the time, because it was five years ago, so it was before anywhere like mainstream restaurants were even considering vegan. I said to him, I feel like I'm buying shares in Microsoft with this. Like it's gonna, it's just gonna explode. I can just feel it. And if I could feel it back then, five years ago, when it was hardly anywhere, now it's just, 
it's just yeah sky high i genuinely 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 believe that there will be a vegan world people reaching out to me now who i never in a million years would have thought were that they were listening or even cared i'm giving up dairy i'm dropping my red meat um it's happening it's brilliant and i am absolutely thrilled to just be kind of helping it in that direction in my small which way that you know that I am if I'm having any positive influence on making that happen faster then so be it because bring it on I'm ready let's do it <laughs> I think I think you absolutely are absolutely are and and I'll and I'm after a bit of personal advice here that I think will probably resonate with um with hopefully many other people kind of listening and, and other parents etc but your advice for a parent of a child who's uh, about to go into kind of their first experience of, of the kind of education system, how, how do you prepare them them for that and, and the experience uh, of the school? How do you prepare that um, as best you can? Sure, that is great. So firstly, um, having the guidebook, um, and all profits go back into the business, I'm completely non-profit, so buying the guidebook is kind of a suggestion um, you know, if you read this, then, then you'll understand us. Um, but alongside that, I think creating a great relationship with the school and the teachers is really important. Um, you know, for me, who was once a carnist, um, I say carnist or omnivore, um, you know, I, I never lose sight of the fact that I once was in a position where I didn't know veganism and I didn't understand veganism. And I just keep that, I just keep that at the forefront of my mind. I, I, I would recommend people keep that at the forefront of their minds just so they don't go in being anything other than supportive to the school because if they've never heard of veganism, they genuinely won't understand. But that doesn't mean to say that they won't bend over backwards if you create the best kind of relationship with them. Also, I'd say, you know, um, ensure that your child, your vegan child is is happy and confident talking about their veganism, you know, um, you know, talk about it with the children there so that so that they so that you all know what's going on. And, and there's a really good relationship Um you know, that's a three-way relationship between parents, school and the child. Um, and also don't expect too much too soon. So my daughter is halfway through year one now and the school have gotten better at doing specific things now that they weren't great at then. Um, but, you know, baby steps, you know, I I would have absolutely loved there and then for everything to be vegan inclusive on day one. But what was amazing is that they've just recently gone on a school trip uh, to a nature reserve, whereas they'd gone to the zoo every year previous since way back when. Um, but it took them this time to, you know, rewrite the plans and rewrite what they were going to do and kind of figure out how it was going to work in. And so have patience um, and take in treats vegan treats <laughs> brownies cookies you know on special occasions um just you know and go in 
as a parent as well, read a story. Um, there's, a, there's a handful of really, really good um, vegan stories out there that I take with me to show um, teachers, you know, you should have this kind of book in your library so that vegan children see themselves represented. And and so so offer to go in and read a story and, and, um, and generally just, you know, be involved and be supportive, be patient. Um, and the school will eventually get there. And then just think about the ground that you're laying for any other vegan children that come in after you and, and uh, stay positive. Amazing. Amazing advice, Laura. Thank, thank you so much for that. Finally, like, where do we get in touch with you uh, and get a copy of the, of the book? Right, so um, the book um, is on Amazon. Um, it was published by the Vegan Publishers. Um, it's um, so it's. I think it's being shipped over here, uh, ready for the end of August. So um, all those children starting early September will have it uh, ready to hand to their teachers. Um, um, I'm um on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all as primary veducated. Um, and um, you can email me on hello at primaryveducation.com uh, with any queries or requests. And I'll more than happily get in touch with the school on your behalf if you're not that confident. But if you are, um, then I can just provide the resources for you to do it yourself and guide and support from the background. So everything that I do, I bespoke to whichever family I'm helping. Um, and it'd be great to, uh, to have all your support, sharing and liking anything that I do so that more uh, children, families and school can uh, reap the benefit of me sticking my nose in. <laughs> Laura, thank thank you so much for your time. I appreciate just how incredibly busy you are, um, and and thank you for all the work you're doing. It's um it's uh, as a parent, I think, is um truly game changing. So thank oh, you so much. Thank you, and thank you to you for this. You're amazing too. Thank you. Brilliant. Cheers for that.